0: Hi everyone, I'm Amelia Quint, and you're listening to Bad Astrologers, where we take a cultural, spiritual, literary, and mythological look at the heavens. As always, this is an independent podcast made possible entirely by the generosity of our fantastic Patreon supporters. Patrons get access to exclusive monthly forecasts and horoscopes, which, given this month's astrology, are going to really, really come in handy. If you want my take on what Jupiter and Pisces has in store, or what to expect from the energy of the upcoming eclipses, you'll have to join us to find out at patreon.com badastro. Luckily, our community is made up of some of the smartest mystics on the internet, so you'll be in good company. You can also opt in to receive our mini-episodes, called Stellar School, which give 30-minute deep dives to help you learn to read the stars for yourself. We're working through the outer planets now and are going to start on the houses next and it's going to be lots of fun next up if you want my eyes on your natal chart my books are open for readings i work with everyone from absolute beginners to seasoned pros to help you find the best way to collaborate with the cosmos and feel good with the help of the planets you can head over to ameliaquint.com to book and even better If you're looking for support in your astrological studies or want a helping hand to guide you along that path, I have a couple mentorship spaces opening up too. All the info on how to get started is on the website. Finally, I just want to take a second to say how grateful I am to every single one of you who takes a moment to tell someone else about the show, post a review, or just download an episode. It means the world and it makes all the difference. If you're feeling up to it, consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes with a note about what you loved to help us enchant the algorithm in our favor. And if not, I love you just for listening. Seriously, I do. Especially if you're following the show at Bad Astrologers on Instagram and Twitter to keep up with the latest. Last, I apologize for my voice today. I'm a little under the weather, so please bear with me. I'm having an eclipse in my rising sign, and Uranus in my sixth house, which basically means that my body's going through a lot. So I appreciate your understanding. Okay, now that all the housekeeping's out of the way, let's get on to the episode. Today's guest, Mecca Woods, is one of my favorite astrologers in the game. Her horoscopes appear online at Bustle, and she's been featured in Essence and Cosmopolitan, among many others. She's the author of Astrology for Happiness and Success, and her positive, grounded approach to astrology is irresistible. She's also co-host of the Stars on Fire podcast, a reliably funny and hard-hitting show that I just can't get enough of. And astrologically, she's a Sagittarius sun and Aquarius moon with a vibrant Leo rising conjunct Mars retrograde. We've been in one another's online orbit for five years, maybe longer, and this is the first time we've ever talked one-on-one, voice-to-voice. In this episode, we get vulnerable and open up to one another about getting our asses handed to us by the cosmos, whether it's by the south node, the saturn Uranus square this year, or Saturn in our respective first houses. And, through it all, keeping the Sagittarius faith that it's all going to work out in the end. I hope it helps you to hear that even those of us with decades of experience are constantly learning and being humbled by the stars, and that even in tough times, astrology can be a tool for self-understanding and gaining a deeper appreciation for a new friend. Alright, before we start, I want you to check your shoulders. Where are they? If they're near your ears, take a minute and wiggle them. Shimmy, shake, and stretch. Now isn't that better? Okay. But sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Thank you so much for joining me on Bad Astrologers today. Hey, Mario, thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm excited. Me too. This is going to be a lot of fun. I was just saying before we started that I I love that you've been a fixture in the astrology community for such a long time. I. I can't actually remember when I started following you because you've just always been there sending out the positive vibes. <laughs> no,
1: no, I totally feel I feel the same way about you. It's like I just have this appreciation for, for anyone who's like been on like astrology Twitter or like in the astrology community like like pre like the past four years.
0: It's like I feel like I feel like
1: we're like the OGs, you know.
0: <laughs> we are, we are. It's it's the best. I feel like with Saturn and Aquarius, it's it's growing a lot and it's changing. But before mm-hmm. we before we look to the future, I'm really curious. I'm going to ask you the traditional bad astro first question, which is, what is your earliest memory of being drawn to the spiritual, whether that's astrology or something else more mystical?
1: Um. So I have a uh, interesting background when it comes to spirituality because. Uh, I was born Muslim. Um, so I practiced Islam um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a well into like my early teen years. And then from there, uh, I went and practiced Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. And then in between that, there was like a, a, a brief practice when my dad, cause my dad's a Sagittarius too. Um, oh, and so <laughs> there was a point in time where he had us practicing Buddhism So, yeah, so I've, like, kind of, like, had a different background or different experiences with different faiths, um, which is very Sagittarian, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, like, um, so it's just really funny when I think about, like, spirituality because of those experiences. And then being a Sag, always kind of gravitating towards things that had, like, some level of spiritual meaning um, and trying to bridge that gap between, like, What it means to be here, you know, on earth as a little human being and like trying to figure out like what's all, what, what is, what does it all mean? You know, and trying to answer those like really super big questions. So definitely it's, I think it's something that's been with me for, for a very long time since I was very small.
0: Mm, i love that so much and i think uh sagittarius rising here and i totally understand the like just being drawn to the spiritual in all its different manifestations over a long period of time and i think i think it's really beautiful of you to share that because one thing in you know just the astrology world as we learn about charts and sort of new ways of thinking is there can be this like. Um, shedding of your past spiritual mystical selves right Right. in pursuit of Mm -hmm. that of like oh well I don't do that anymore you know I did that and kind of I don't know like shitting on the potential like relevance or gems of truth that might be in those traditions so you know those things are a part of us and maybe that's the optimistic sage part of me speaking but i've always really <laughs> felt that, like yeah the jewel of truth has many facets right
1: <laughs> no i agree i really agree and i even though i don't practice those traditions um anymore i do feel like there's definitely things that i pull from from those spaces mm-hmm. um i definitely am i you know because i being a sage. I do find myself, like, uh, I don't don't know if cherry picking is the right word, but it kind of reminds me of something that my mom used to say when it came to, like, agreeing with someone or, like, getting, like, absorbing, like, or learning, like, being open to information. She would always say, um, you know, take what you need and leave the rest on the shelf, you know, and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's been my approach to a lot of things, um, especially when it comes to things like spirituality or religion i can see the gems in certain things and i kind of borrow from that especially in like you know consultation or just talking about certain like concepts and things like that um but i also recognize that there's also things within those faiths or within those traditions that don't resonate with me and and that's okay too
0: mhm absolutely i love that take what you need and leave the rest on the shelf that's a that's a good way to live i think there's um, good in a lot of things, but also there's no need to keep the stuff that isn't isn't um, isn't speaking to you, isn't chiming with where you are and all. You mm. mentioned consultations. So when did astrology become a part of your life? Was there like a particular book or experience that spoke to you? Yeah, so when, let's see, this was uh, over
1: 10 years ago at this point. So back in like 2000, 9, 2010, uh, I I would say that that was around the time that I became interested. Like, I had always had an interest in astrology, but I think that was the time when I started to take it really seriously. And it happened because I was, like, at this crossroads. um, I had just come off my first Saturn return. I was kind of like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to be doing more with my (laughs) life, but I don't know what that is just yet. And, um... There was this book called uh the select the celestial sex pots handbook <laughs> by Kiki T. <KKT>. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh I read it I picked it up because you know it was a it was a it was a relationship book and mm-hmm. in the book she was talking about like how to basically like you know relate to like the man in your life based on like his birth chart and all these things. And so I was just kind of like hooked because I was just like, oh my gosh, like what is all this stuff? And that's when I started like, you know, Googling and like going to like all these different websites and Cafe Astrology and like all this stuff, like trying to figure out like, okay, what is all of this? And long story short, uh I had liked what she had to say in the book so much that I ended up getting a couple of readings with her. And that was kind of like really like my gateway into astrology because I didn't know what a birth chart was until I got her book. And then, you know, she went over mine and I was just blown away, you know, in terms of like the stuff that she could see, things Mm -hmm. that were coming up. It just really resonated with me. And I was it was funny because um, that was around the time, I think, when Pluto was like right on top of my Mercury, too. (laughs) And so I became obsessed. Oh, you're
0: right. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i mean be- yeah i became like so obsessed and i was just like i need to learn everything i need th- i can about astrology now <laughs> and so uh you know i was just like on like on the like message boards and the websites and like this was like like pre like when like pre twitter really like really started to catch yeah, on i think because yeah. i think twitter came out in like 2010
0: mm-hmm. if i'm not
1: mistaken or 2009 I think i, fe- so. I forget um, but it, w- but it hadn't caught on yet. So we were still like, uh, you know, doing like the, like the chat, <laughs> the chat rooms and like message boards and like,
0: <laughs>
1: oh my God, I feel like I'm dating myself, but yeah. I so it was- no, I'm having
0: like <laughs> flashbacks of like, I don't know, the message <laughs> boards and that stuff. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so that was me like all, you know, all over the place and, you know, talking to people and it was really cool because I was like oh, wow, there's all these people that speak the same language, you know, that I do, you know. Um, And it was just really cool to, like, geek out on it. And then eventually, you know, I started to uh, practice it, like, as a little hobby. And, you know, doing Uh it for friends, doing it for family.
0: That's how it starts. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, yes. And it just kind of, it just grew from there, basically, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. It sounds like it was a really organic experience. And it's so different, I think, than what we hear um as astrology has grown of like people like seeing it in the mainstream and uh, and learning through classes like you you were just drawn it was that i i think a lot of the action of pluto being like a magnet um Mm -hmm. either like attracting or repelling and pluto got on your mercury and was like here we go we're gonna pull you yeah now. that's fabulous yes
1: yes (laughs) that's exactly what happened and, and I would say that like, um, that was also maybe a couple of years later, uh, like around 2012, um, 2012, 2013, I ended up meeting Rebecca Gordon and she oh, became my, okay. my mentor. And, and yeah, and, I, and she like taught me everything that she knew about the business and, you know, how to practice astrology and technique and things like that. And yeah, I've been just learning and, and, uh, growing ever since.
0: That's fantastic. I'm curious, how did having that mentor at that stage change your practice?
1: Um, I think meeting Rebecca definitely like gave me confident, more confidence in myself, and mm-hmm. also more confidence that I could actually p- pursue astrology full time. Because I think for me, um, at the time, even though I was really interested in it and like super excited, and I was like, you know, I was. <laughs> I <laughs> I had like um so I had a period of time when I had like quit this 9 to 5 that I had because it just became too toxic and so I had took a couple of like uh like customer service jobs, right? To kind of like
0: mm-hmm.
1: regroup, get back on my feet. And um I remember I was kind of like the store like astrologer so I was like always talking to people, like guessing people's signs and you know telling them about like little tidbits because I was like so excited about like You know what it was that i was doing and so i had got the the nickname miss cleo (laughs) and so yes and so it was funny because um i mean i think miss cleo you know i think she was great you know she she spoke a lot about how um you know for her not exactly knowing like the like how to manage the business side of this work you know she felt that she got taken advantage of but Mm she, she knew what she was doing essentially. Like she, she actually like was like the real deal. And, but, but when people were calling me Miss Cleo, there definitely was like, they were joking, like they were teasing, but there was definitely like, Oh, like, am I, you know, kind of being like that kind of like, uh, you know, stereotypical, you know, psychic, you know, like am I giving that image off? And I think that that was something that I really wanted to avoid because, you know, I have that, I have Saturn, you know, in my first house. And I was just like, I want to be taken seriously. So mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of confidence, um, a bit of a confidence thing that I kind of had to get over and definitely working with Rebecca. She was able to show me like, no, like you can actually make this like a legit thing. And this is how, <clears throat> excuse me. And this is how. And um, that definitely helped me to like really just kind of go full throttle with, with the practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I forgot that we both have Saturn in our first houses. That's fantastic and such a difficult challenge. I think like it really isn't until after your Saturn return. Like it's so interesting that you came to astrology as a pro really after that because yeah, that was when I found my way with it too. Um, But yeah, the Saturn in the first house is all about confidence and mentoring too really is about confidence as well. Like I think the inf- the information is out there and anybody can get it. But having somebody by your side to be like, no, like you're doing great, sweetie. Good mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. And here's how to handle the business. I mean, you have Saturn at zero degrees Virgo. You can handle your business just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I know.
1: I know. I'm look- I'm looking at your Venus. You know that Venus in Virgo that you have. Um, you know, in your in your tenth house. I use equal equal houses. Okay. So um, just looking oh, at that's your. Oh, so interesting. Your-
0: I don't know anybody yeah. that uses equal besides you. That's cool.
1: Um, yeah, it's funny because I used to, I I mean, you know, I started out with Placidus, Mm -hmm. um, and then I eventually moved to Equal, and it has a lot more to do with, like, how neatly everything is in the chart, because, you know, my Mercury and Capricorn is, like, I need, I need it to be neat, I need to be able to see things neatly, um, because I didn't like how Placidus would kind of, like, you have, like, these really big houses and, like, these really tiny houses, so, um, yeah, Equal, I find that works really well for me in terms of the house systems but yeah, just kind of looking at your Venus and Virgo in the 10th, you know, um, square to that Saturn, I definitely feel like you can relate to that. Like, I, I want to feel like the work that I'm doing is that va- has value to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I want to be, you know, taken seriously in terms of that, in terms of that work for sure.
0: 100%. That is completely accurate. And I, I think that one is an exact square. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's definitely like it, Squares being drivers, it is the ultimate <laughs> driving force in my life mm-hmm. for sure. So you mentioned your Mercury. I you about your Mercury in Capricorn, which is retrograde, yes. And yes. you also have Mars retrograde in Leo with your Leo mm-hmm. rising. Um, and I feel like there's so so much talk out there about retrogrades and fear-mongering and you know i feel like it is almost like a content clickbait. like anytime there's a retrograde you can like oh we're gonna get clicks up how bad it's gonna be (laughs) Uh, right right you laugh because it's true (laughs) but (laughs) having this in your chart like you are a living embodiment i think beautiful and different retrogrades can function in the natal chart Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just bringing a new perspective, but how have you experienced having those personal planets retrograde? And what Uh, advice do you have for the rest of us?
1: (laughs) I think that, um, it's funny because I definitely feel like astrology helped me in appreciating my retrograde planets a lot more than maybe I did before. Um, Because as a Mercury retrograde person, I definitely feel like helps me has helped me to become a strong writer, you know, like writing was something Mm -hmm. that I always wanted to do ever since I was a kid and definitely having like that ability to kind of like sit and think through thoughts and, you know, like really kind of like crafting like the perfect, you know, prose or whatever, like I feel like, you know, I definitely am a stronger writer than sometimes I feel like I speak. And sometimes I feel like I I get a little frustrated with that because it's like, ah, like, I just want to be able to get the words out or I just want to be able to say these things without having like an issue or like having moments where I should have said something in the moment, you know, but I didn't and then be like, ah, damn it. I should have, you know, I should have said that. So sometimes it's a little frustrating. I I won't lie, but um, I do feel like my Mercury kind of tempers some of that more obnoxious, sad, sad energy, you know, (laughs) like, you know, like it helps me not to like be too loud in, in, or like just speaking out of turn or just, you know, saying things for the sake of saying stuff and, you know, just, uh, constantly like over, you know, bombarding people, you know, with, with what it is that I have to say and being like bombastic about it. You know what I mean? Um, so I definitely feel like that mercury and Captain retrograde, uh, gives me that ability, and helps me to see things you know helps me to be a little bit more reflective uh as opposed to just kind of like diving uh head first into things at times um with my mind being retro i feel like it's a similar situation of kind of like needing to feel things out a little bit uh mm-hmm. rather than kind of like you know just kind of immediately you know jumping into things But I do sometimes get frustrated with my Mars because I'm like, you know, just, just be mad. It's okay to be mad about something. (laughs) Like, we don't have to, we don't have to constantly talk ourselves through, like, why we're mad. It's just okay. Like, get angry. It's all right. So, um, so yeah, so so I definitely feel like, I definitely feel like it's like a gift and a curse, (laughs) you know, like. Um, definitely, you know, retrogrades, I think are helpful in terms of helping us to slow down, be reflective, you know, um, you know, to kind of take our time and and, like regroup. But I do think that sometimes they can be a little bit frustrating too. So I I can, I can definitely, I've definitely experienced both sides of the, of the coin for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. I love what you were bringing up about Mars as like how you, I think there's so much value in really reading yourself and being honest about there you were talking about that the like it's okay to get angry i have mars uh exact on my ic and pisces and Mm. for me i'm like yeah it's okay to get angry you don't have to just like internalize uh everything that you're mad about you can put that
1: externally occasionally yeah 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 definitely um i think that's a lesson definitely a lesson i'm working on now because saturn is on top of my mars so it's Mm -hmm. like okay what do you want with this anger like do you want to like onto it until the point like it it makes you you know want to like you know use it chance other ways or do you just want, you know quote like the bigger person all the time um because that gets exhausting mm. you know so yeah i i definitely It agree. really can
0: be especially with you have this uh wonderful Sagittarius stellium that i was looking at with venus neptune and your sun and then Juno and Ceres if you use asteroids and I saw your Venus is exact on my Ascendant. I guess that's why there's always been vibes. That's just fabulous. Yay, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but I really wanted to ask you about the south node. Because I know that you've talked uh, on Twitter several times about <laughs> having the south node just messing with your uh, Sagittarius stellium and how much of a... Yes. Uh, let's call it a growth uh opportunity (laughs) that's been yeah how do you use the south node in your practice and how have you experienced that um
1: so uh i I find myself talking about (laughs) about the nodes a lot um especially like in in consultation so um i'm a big uh, believer that like our nodes kind of carry like our story in, in in terms of like where we've come from to me like the nodes, like even you can kind of separate the nodes a little bit um in some ways from some certain like kind of isolating the nodes from like the rest of the chart in a way and just kind of focusing just like on the nodes in in the chart i feel can give like so much backstory in terms of like where a person has come from you know in terms of that south node and like the experiences that have gone into into shaping them um i really appreciate like uh stephen Forrest's work on um like i have that book Yesterday's sky that he wrote, which has been really helpful in terms of, like, just kind of, like, understanding and kind of, like, thinking uh, more deeply about them. And so when I think about that South Node, it's funny because I think when I first started my astrology practice, I used to think about the South Node as being, like, something that we needed to leave behind and walk away from. It was, like, this bad thing, and the North Node was, like, totally good. But I think in in in, in recent years, I've been seeing the South Node more as kind of, like, this, uh, like, everything that we've done to kind of essentially survive, you know, like, which is not necessarily a bad thing because it's helped us to, like, survive and get us to, like, you know, the present day, so to speak, but to me, whenever I'm explaining it, I'm always talking about how, like, it's important not to get stuck in those, like, patterns and those habits. Like, you might need it, you might need to pull it it out, you know, uh, from time to time, but that north node kind of shows like a way that, like the path that you, that we need to walk in order to find the success and the fulfillment that we're looking for. But it often requires that we kind of be open to new ways of doing things or new ways of thinking or even new people. Um, and so I, t- I kind of see like the, I, I've, I've learned how to see the nodes as kind of like a balancing act, you know, in a way, especially with the eclipses. You know, when we talk about like the eclipses triggering or activating the nodes, like sometimes North Node eclipses aren't all that great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> uh, you know, like I definitely um, and it's funny because I think um, uh, is it Judith Judith Hill writes about this a lot in um her eclipse book, and. She, I think she talks about, like, how, you know, North Node, like, when the Eclipses come on the node, onto the North Node, it's, like, it's just energy coming in, but, like, how that energy takes place, you know, has a lot to do with, like, it's so yes. many other different factors to it, you know what I mean? So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, the, the Nodes, to me, speak to me in regards of, kind of, like, you know, I always think I always think of them as being, kind of, like a, like, a fork in the road, in a way. You know, like, which way do you choose to go? Do you stick to what you know, or do you, kind of, like, find a little courage and kind of go into something different. And I usually find that like, when we speak about like the natal when we take that risk or we kind of lean into the faith and kind of go into like, usually it takes us where we need to go.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I've never heard um, the south known described as what you had to do to survive. And I think, there is so much wisdom in that um because you're right you might you did that for a reason uh, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's probably something that got you to where you are but yeah when you're talking about judith hill and the way the energy comes into your life you know you don't you may or may not get to to choose that it's coming (laughs) of its own volition um Mm -hmm. is a really powerful Mm -hmm. and uh often humbling thing which i think is why we get super scared of eclipses sometimes so yeah Yeah. when i think about the south node and the north node like especially with the north node you know i've been studying the nodes a lot this year and just feeling i don't know just feeling really moved and called to that area um but it does seem like the north node is like how can i describe it it's not so much uh It it may be good, right? But you might not experience it as subjectively good, right? Like a lot of Mm. good things can happen to you uh, that that gets you where you're trying to go, or it might be a growth, but it doesn't mean that in the feel like, like a Venus thing, like going out to dinner or, you know, by or something like that, it will be much, much more challenging because it's so deep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know i was just looking at your chart and then you were talking about like you know studying being drawn to the nodes and i see that like your 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 nodes are getting activated by all of this mutable
0: stuff mm-hmm. we have
1: in the sky um and it's interesting because like when i think about like the nodes squaring each other um because i know you have that north node in pisces and that south node in virgo to me it like i feel like that really shows up as kind of like a, um kind of like like that that field definitely feels like that fork in the road of kind of like okay like which way do i want to like like which, which energy that i want to lean into and i feel like sometimes with the squares it's kind of like you kind of have to do both at the same yeah. time yep. as opposed to just choosing like one one piece
0: wow yes i didn't know i was gonna get read on my own podcast <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so deeply but the the truth in that is is so intense yes yes i'm definitely at this kind of um you know like well it's activating all my angular houses and and i do feel uh-huh. like i'm at this crossroads of you know i can't quite leave behind the the me that is eventually going to be in the past right and there's good things there but i'm definitely not where uh i want to be going quite yet and that's a good thing because mm. it gives you something to go towards but Man, if it isn't exhausting. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Mm. I really do yeah. think everyone should go and like, look up their chart and their notes right now. I-, I agree with you when you were saying, um, you can kind of not take it out of context, but just like, that is one thing that like, just reading more deeply about the placement itself, it can speak so much volumes. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember reading um, the notes are a little tricky because a lot of the language around them, it involves like reincarnation and past lives. And I definitely think that there's value in that. And I do believe in that to an extent. But I do think that as astrologers, there's like limits on what or, you know, how how helpful is it to focus on who you were in the past as opposed to like where you're going in the future, your best talents in the present. So I think this is. Really valuable insights for like honing in on how it can help you now. No,
1: I, I totally agree, and I will say that like um, even though I I kind of cut my teeth on evolutionary astrology, like when I first started out uh, as an as an astrologer, um, even now, even back when I was like just kind of like doing it as a hobby, um, definitely mm-hmm. evolutionary astrology was like the gateway into astrology for me in that regard. But I do like, you know, fast forward to where we are right now and, you know, you have a lot of like um, you know, people of people of color, you know, indigenous uh, you know, folks who are like reclaiming some of their traditions that have been kind of watered down, you know, and kind mm-hmm, of like appropriated. Mm-hmm. Um, when I speak about things relating like I well, I should say that I have stopped kind of referring to stuff, you know, as being like karmic or yeah. Speaking in this thing of like reincarnation and things like that, because I do think that sometimes, um, we can run the risk of like either appropriating or kind of like oversimplifying like what those, uh, those, those things actually mean. And so I find that like when I speak about things that have to do with like the past or like, you know, the, the, the South Node or things that, um, have carried this sort of like, this essence of like having done it you know many times over usually i i try to kind of keep it to more so of like this is this is the uh this is like the the habits you know that that have like it kept you alive you know or like this is like how you have like basically kind of like attributing it more to like survival you know Or, or more to like Almost like, you know, like an auto response, you know, based on like how a person was, was conditioned or like the environment that they grew up in more, more along the lines of that, as opposed to, um, talking about anything really past life related. Um, because I just find, you know, again, with my Mercury and Capricorn, I always try to make things as grounded and as like, uh, sensible as I possibly can. And I think that while well, there can be some, some 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 gems in terms of like exploring the past life stuff i do think it's important to kind of root the, the information into like the here and now and like mm-hmm. giving people information on like how they can make sense of that and utilize it in the here and now rather than um kind of like going on this sort of like exposition of like what you know what they might have been like what they you were know, and, and
0: yeah right yeah all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah I think that is so true. And I love that you brought up the Mercury and Capricorn too. Like that's very, um, very grounded and like very focused on like the material reality of things as opposed to like the the spiritual past. But I love being grounded in the here and now as astrologers because thinking about a lot is that I, I really believe that the true value in astrology isn't, you know so much the the past or the future, it's how it can help you in the present moment, right? And how you Mm -hmm. can show up as your best self in right now. So I'm just glad that, glad that you are seeing it too. (laughs) Um, You mentioned, so this is really interesting. You mentioned cutting your teeth on evolutionary astrology. And I know that as astrologers, we read tons of books and we dip into all different traditions um and and eventually shape a practice that's like indelibly indelibly you and and uniquely your own but um something that's a little bit different about astrology uh now than when you and i started is that there really is this online astrology community um Mm -hmm. where sort of trends come up and then fall away um or there's you know just like different ideas get shared on this massive scale and i've been thinking a lot about that community and how Powerful of a helper. It's been but also with the Saturn return and Aquarius Which is both like astrology and the internet how it's having like a bit of a coming-of-age moment Mm um, i'm really curious. How do you think that? Kind of the ubiquity of astrology on the internet or the internet community has has changed astrology for Good or neutral, right?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I feel like um, you know, I'm an Aquarius moon, so with Saturn being in Aquarius right now and also Jupiter being there, it's just really funny to me because I can definitely see like the two sides of Aquarius showing up in certain yep. sense of like <laughs> in the sense of like community and like, you know, I want to be friends and you know, you like the same things I like. Oh, you know, like let's connect, like that kind of thing. But then also like You can't sit at our table, (laughs) you know, like we don't want you here, you know, (laughs) like
0: lunchroom energy. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
1: And so for me, you know, when I see that in terms of like the astrology community, I think on, 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 um, like the positive side, I definitely, I definitely like seeing like more people being into astrology, uh, a lot more astrologers, you know, getting like, um, like either discovered in terms of like their work. Mm-hmm. or you know just like um you know getting be, becoming more accessible um i've like been looking around and i've been noticing that that so many astrologers are, are like booked out you know in terms of like yes. consultations which is really awesome to see um i'm just so happy that everyone is like you know finally kind of in this place where it's like you know we we are able to kind of thrive and like make a living off of our art you know and and, and what we love But at the same time, um, you know, the flip side of it definitely is like, I can see like the clicks, you know, and, you know, we do this kind of astrology, but you, you know, but we do, you know, like this kind of astrology, you know, like, and like the, you know, some of the infighting around, you know, that, and also, you know, because it's the internet and people still have some level of like anonymity that, you know, people can kind of, uh, make claims in terms of like the kind, like their experience, you know, mm-hmm. um, or like their mm-hmm. expertise, but really don't have that, you know, so definitely it brings up a lot of stuff around like ethics, which is, you know, essentially with Jupiter and Saturn being in the picture, you know, Jupiter being like, you know, uh, morals and, and ethics and Saturn is like, you know, how we uphold those morals and ethics. Um, so yeah, I think that, that there, it's, 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 good to see the growth but definitely concerning when it comes to um things I think being a little bit too a little bit too open right now and my, my hope like and this is something that I've been trying to work on like some of the work that I've been doing behind the scenes with some a few other astrologers in terms of like thinking about like how can we educate more in terms of like the ethics in mm-hmm. astrology yeah. you know so that people not only uh, the public, like the general public, is more aware and and educated in terms of like what they should be looking for if they're getting a consultation, and you know how to tell if there's if you know how to tell like an ex you know an expert astrologer be, between someone who's like just kind of like saying things and quoting books and things like that, um, and also you know how to you know for for practicing astrologers you know how to maintain a sense of like professionalism and you know best practices as well. So. Um, these are, these are things that I definitely think there's opportunity and room for, and I'm really excited to see, um, and to be a part of that, uh, sort of, uh, movement, but definitely the, the other side of it in terms of, um, you know, just kind of being able to connect with people in ways that we didn't be able to connect with them before. Cause like, I, I you know, I think about like, would I have become an astrologer had it not been for like, you know, the message boards and, you know even being able to see that there was like all this interest and excitement yeah. in astrology. I don't know. You know, maybe not. But now that seeing it is like it's everywhere, I i feel like I I, I want that. Like I, I do in some ways want astrology to become more like mainstream to where it isn't like seen as like this like fringe, you know, uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: sort of uh practice, you know what I mean? And but at the same time, of course like maintain like mainstream, but maintaining the integrity, you know, of the practice. So that that's kind of like how I see it.
0: You know, I, I think all of that is totally spot on. And I I had somebody tell me, um, just to like reflect how much things have grown and how much is becoming more mainstream. Um, somebody had told me like, uh, every therapist needs an astrologer and vice Mm. versa. Mm-hmm. um and i think that's a really interesting way to look at the kind of like interplay between those two things like i we are not professional therapists by any stretch of the imagination but i think there is that sort of like spiritual side and just putting things into timing context and adding perspective that's so interesting um but what you were talking about I share those mixed feelings for sure. Like, would we be having this conversation on a podcast if it hadn't been for uh the internet and Twitter and Instagram? Like, hell no, definitely not. And I think the vast like breadth of information that's out there, you know, when I first got into it, I I got lucky and I pulled that Parker's astrology out of the bargain bin at the Barnes and Noble where I was working at the time and happen to get like the real deal here's how to do like all the way down to midpoints and stuff Mm. so Mm. it is so good to have more information but i think Mm. what you're doing is really important as far as in best practices and just trying to create more of a understanding around when you do go for a consultation like what is that actually supposed to look like how can you tell and it is a mm-hmm. little bit tricky too because we're both Tauriuses, and we definitely think of astrology as a language that you speak. So, how can you tell if someone's actually fluent in the language and not just mm-hmm. like quoting you back? What What was it that you said? The Cosmic Sex Pot Handbook. I'm oh, gonna was... have to buy that. <laughs> I'm gonna go on Amazon literally after this. I have other books I'm gonna get. by like.
1: Yes, it's me. um, it's called the the Celestial Sex. SexPots Handbook by Kiki okay. T, who actually um I think I think I believe she's one of the first Asian astrologers to be published um mainstream. Really? So yeah. Oh that's good. And and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really cute book. And, and she, I believe she's a double Scorpio too. So, um, <laughs> that's also really. why, yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's also why, like, I like gravitated to her work. Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to get the real deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Scorpio to no bullshit pipeline is like very strong. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very, mm-hmm. very proud of
1: that. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um, so one last transit based thing that I went in to ask you about is I saw Uranus heading right for your mid heaven
1: uh, mm-hmm. in your
0: chart, and I know that, um, Uranus well, you know, Uranus is an outer planet, and so it's definitely something that more people are learning about and coming around to. But, um, you know, Uranus on the angles can be a bit intense and bring those big shifts. We're both at crossroads moments, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah. As someone who has like an Aquarius moon, how do you re- relate to or understand that Uranus energy? In? And how are you feeling having it so kind of in the spotlight, front and center in your life right now?
1: Um, well, it's funny because um, I have, Mar- like Uranus square is my Mars. So I'm mm-hmm. getting like the opposition now. And <laughs> I
0: oh feel, Lord!
1: <laughs> I feel
0: like I feel like uh, you are your Uranus and Scorpio person. Oh my God! So you you're having everything.
1: Yes, I'm having my, my 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 chart is just being like ran through the grinder right now. Because um, <laughs> I got Neptune. Uh, I mean, you know. So anyway, so <laughs> um,
0: you. Bless your heart! Oh my God! <laughs> so my inner like jumped out for a minute. It's okay. um, <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm
1: I'm dealing with it. You know, I'm 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 getting through. It's funny because uh, I had a client yesterday, and uh, we were talking about some stuff, and she's also going through some difficult transits. And, um, you know, I was just like, yeah, you know, I feel it, you know, I'm feeling it too. And she was like, yeah, but you're an astrologer, you're supposed to know. I was like, that doesn't mean we're not getting our butt kicked yes. too. Like, <laughs> being, like, being an astrologer, we just have the misfortune of, like, seeing it before it happens.
0: I, <laughs> like I that, know.
1: You know. I'm
0: getting my actual ass handed to me right now by the cosmos. So I can oh my completely God. relate. Like, check on your fixed energy friends and, and make mm-hmm. sure they're all right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was so funny, the other day I was going to get um coffee, just like literally walking down the street, nothing crazy going on, and I just fell. Like I fell and I like busted a ligament Ooh. in my knee i was fine i just iced it and i didn't even get my caffeine and it was like related to a bunch of uh, uranus like marsy things and so you know Uh it can be like a little bit with the accident prone um Mm -hmm. it can be a lot but you know it was it was also a moment of reflection sometimes when you have those uranus transits the stars are like okay where do you need to slow down like where are you a little bit too much um yeah maybe you don't need all those stimulants in your system with the <laughs> right. sugar and the caffeine. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that the big message that I've been getting lately with between the Saturn and Uranus square has definitely mm-hmm. been like, slow down. Um, do you really need to like move so fast or like, you know, I feel like one of the things is like, uh, I feel like Uranus is tra- cha- uh, challenging me to, change my approach to things, you know, and like being mindful of like trying to take shortcuts, you know, or trying to Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. do things too fast, too soon. You know, um, I definitely feel like Uranus is more prone to kind of like, (laughs) I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the universe bend to my will, like no matter what. And Uranus (laughs) is like, "Mm." You sure about that? <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. oh wow, I guess I'm not as in control of everything as I thought I was, which is hard for a fixed Mars, you know, like <laughs> a fixed mm-hmm. Mars, like you mean to tell me that I have to like bend and you know, and be flexible and that I can't always like, you know, like just barrel my way through stuff. It's like, no, you can't. So I <laughs> definitely feel like Uranus <laughs> is kind of. <laughs> You know, it's just kind of like, um, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like static shocks, you know, like, <laughs> Oh wait, Oh, oh wait, yes. you know, like I have to like, you know what I mean? Like I have to kind of chill out for sure. And just, and kind of like either like take the long way around instead of taking the quick shortcut, you know? Um, and I also have to like, just kind of, re- especially cause it's like in my ninth house now. So it's like, You know, just rethinking a lot of, like, beliefs that I've had, you know, um, being mindful of, like, being mindful of, like, trying to be, like, the lone wolf, you know, all the time, which is, that's also in my nodal story, um, because my south node is in Aries, and my north node is in Libra, so I'm really good at being, like, you know, forget everybody, I'll do my own thing, and it's just like it's like no girl like stop (laughs) like you need you need friends you need community like you need you know like you need support like stop so it's definitely yeah i'm definitely you know i'm i'm learning and also like like the physicality of it is interesting too because, you know, I'm in my 40s mm-hmm. now, and, like, my body doesn't do things the way that it used to. Oh, my God. Um, Don't
0: tell me that. I'm, I'm only 32, <laughs> but I feel like I can feel it in my joints, you know? like,
1: <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, I mean, your Saturn is getting triggered, right, by those eclipses. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. definitely, mm-hmm. like, you know, when our Saturn gets, like, like activated, it's kind of like you, you start to feel time in, in, a, in a really different yes. way, um, especially on a physical level. But... Definitely, um, you know, having to be more patient with my body, uh, especially because I I had mm-hmm. broke my wrist two years ago and it was a, it was a margaritas incident too, that, that oh my gosh, was like, yes. you know, that kind of triggered that. So yeah, definitely having to slow down, not trying to like, like, like moving my body, but having to be like aware of like, you know, girl, you want to throw your back out. <laughs> You know like you can't you can't just you got to you got to warm up you got to warm it up first get them joints nice and Do some stretches limber first. right
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's been a kind of a shock <laughs>
0: You're honest, yeah. That you know what? You're on a shock. I feel like for the audience, <laughs> this is such a good thing to hear though, because sometimes when I get I get clients and they're like, "Well, like you were talking about, like, well, you must know, you must be having an easy time because you're an astrologer." And I'm always like, "No, no, 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 no." Mm-mm. Like the the take that out of your mind right now. That is not what's happening. Um, right. but the like the beauty of this is that like especially <laughs> the only solace I've been able to give myself with this uh Saturn Uranus moment that we're all going through in 2021 is that everyone's experiencing it somewhere in their chart. Right? Like mm-hmm. there is no mm-hmm. person that isn't feeling some sort of like, you know, taut like a bowstring, gonna snap like a rubber band experience somewhere. So it's mm-hmm. just a matter of mm-hmm. where. So I think hopefully we'll use ha- it to sort of like slingshot. What were you gonna say? Have
1: you? No, I was gonna say. Um, have you been having any? Because I, I know that Uranus has been going back and forth over your son. Um, mm-hmm. And in my chart, I have Uranus in your fifth house transiting. Um, mm-hmm. Have it, Have you been feeling anything in terms of creativity at all?
0: Yes. Um. It's been a so I use well I kind of go back and forth between um, Placidus just to check it out and Holstein houses most of the time and so in Holstein it's the sixth house and it's been a mm. very much a a tug of war um between um like everyday work and creative projects right and mm. and. Mm-hmm physical health versus, you know, burnout and, like, spiritual development. Um, Mm, But it's mm -hmm. been a very creatively fertile time, and it has pushed me massively. Like, I really feel like I started this podcast really uh, when that transit kind of kicked up. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's kind of grown since then. Um, and I've gotten back into, I'm also a musician and totally okay. out of the blue, have, have picked that back up. Uh, didn't you, wait, was the music cut? Uh, no, that was somebody else. Um, so yeah, I've gotten back into like playing electric guitar and getting, uh, into my amps. I feel like um, electric guitar is great, you're on um, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> But it, it's been, it's been a really, really difficult transit um i think the sixth house 12th house too for the 12th house aspect of it it's been you know reflecting on the ways that you play yourself i guess or the the ways that people Mm. don't always have the motives that they say that they have um so Mm -hmm. it's been Mm -hmm. interesting but overall it's been i wouldn't go back i was one thing i recommend for people who are into astrology is take selfies and try to remember what transits you were having during those selfies um you know if you were like having an exact hit of someone take a picture of yourself and save it to a folder on your phone um and i was looking at my pictures from when it first started to now and i look younger and better mm. <laughs> so you know and i think because i feel more free you know like having to mm-hmm. take on those personal battles like i don't give a fuck anymore right like <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's a there's a lot of good that can come from that
1: yeah no i i always i feel like that's like the big saturn um i feel like that's like the the like one of the true forms of saturn mastery um especially if you have mm-hmm. saturn an angle you know or an aspect to like a like a, a personal planet i feel like getting to that point where you don't give a fuck anymore (laughs) is such a big such a big deal um and yeah it definitely feels really liberating when you're able to get there for sure
0: Mm -hmm. like i think it is so powerful and especially for both of us who have um virgo you know aneretic degree type things in our charts there could be you carry a lot of weight like you you can care about things so deeply so learning where to apply that care that's powerful mm-hmm. that'll change your life <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally
0: um so before we wrap by the way this has been amazing it's just so nice to um talk astrology with someone who has such a deep uh fluency with the language and has like really been through it like i have so much respect for you and your practice um oh, thank and that's why i i really want to know for people who might be listening to this and just getting into astrology what advice do you have for them as they like as they jump into the deep waters what do you wish you knew when you started
1: um that's a good question i feel like uh my advice is always i feel like the advice that i give to people a lot is to like it's okay to take things slow, you know, um, especially like when mm-hmm. you're just kind of starting out because, you know, astrology is such a big field and that was one of the reasons like I, why I gravitated to it as well is because I was like, wow, you never stop learning, you know, um, there's so much, you know, things to, to kind of uncover and unpack and you can look at a chart like, you know, a million times and always see something new in it, you know what I mean? But um, mm-hmm. I think that because like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, with like the, the explosion on the internet and, you know, um, the different schools of thought, you know, when we talk about astrology and things like that, I think it can be really easy to get overwhelmed, um, you know, when, when you're starting out and there could be this pressure to, to feel like you have, like, you know, everything, you know, that you have, you know, have it all together, have have it all figured out. And I would say that like definitely, um, you don't want to put that kind of pressure on yourself and it's impossible. You know, there's, there's, there's branches of astrology that I will probably never understand (laughs) or practice and it's okay. (laughs) You know, like I'm, you know, like i recognize that there are certain things that I gravitate towards, um, or things that resonate with me more so than others. And, um, I think that when we talk about, studying or practicing astrology it really is about like kind of like um you know just kind of finding your voice in it you know and recognizing that like even though we're kind of even though there's like uh there's like techniques and there's specificity within astrology in terms of like how you read charts or how you do things at the end of the day, you're still kind of bringing like your own unique experience to it. And I think that that has a lot of value and that we shouldn't be like carving copies of each other. You know what I mean? Um, So mm-hmm. all that to say is I think that people should value the uniqueness that they bring. Um, definitely taking it slow, definitely, you know, giving yourself time to practice, 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 practice. I can't stress that enough because that is like, that's how you get, the understanding of it like you really kind of have to like work with astrology in real time in order to absorb it and um, sometimes like it's, it's kind of like it's kind of similar to school in the sense like sometimes there's things that the books that just can't teach you that you just kind of have to like put it into play on your own um, or like kind of like witness it happening you know in real time in order to understand like what that transit means or what that planet means so yeah just just give yourself time to absorb it and and don't feel like you have to like be like the know it all um because we're all still learning
0: that's really good advice in astrology and in regular life too so (laughs) thank Thank you. you thank you so much for this brilliant conversation i so appreciate it thank
1: you amelia it was it was my pleasure i had a great time